Are your kids constantly arguing and bickering? Does it seem to be their life mission to aggravate and push one another's buttons? Would you like to teach them how to resolve conflicts on their own in ways that will nurture their relationship instead of sabotage it? Well, then we're so glad you're joining us for today's episode. I'm your host, Katie Morgan, and welcome to Parenting with Ginger Hubbard. Ginger is the best-selling author of Don't Make Me Count to Three, Wise Words for Moms, and I Can't Believe You Just Said That. She speaks at women's events, parenting conferences, and homeschool conventions across the country. You can check out her parenting resources and find out when she's speaking in or near your area at gingerhubbard.com. And while you're there, be sure to sign up for updates so you'll always know about new podcast episodes. You'll also receive a free gift from Ginger when you sign up. We just want to take a moment here to thank those of you who leave us ratings, reviews, and messages on social media or wherever you're listening to this podcast. Monroe Zoo, uh, that's her username, his or her username, left this message on iTunes. It's so easy to get lost in the myriad of parenting books, articles, podcasts, and webinars out there today. I truly desire to revise my kids based on the wisdom of God's word and to move beyond just their outward behavior. This podcast is so practical and encouraging towards that end. I'm so thankful for the wisdom and grace shared and keep coming back for more. Thank you, Ginger and Katie. Well, thank you, to all of our listeners who have been such an encouragement to us, if you have found this podcast helpful and encouraging, we would love it if you would leave us ratings, reviews, and to share the podcast with your friends. Also, would you prayerfully consider partnering with us by making a monthly or even a one-time donation? Whether it's a dollar a month or $20 a month, your support helps to further our mission to help parents reach the hearts of their children for the glory of God. If you feel led to partner with us, just go to gingerhubbard.com slash support to donate any amount. We are so thankful for you, our listeners, and so grateful for your ongoing support. Well, hey there, Ginger. I'm super excited to be back with you on this follow-up episode. Several weeks ago, we discussed cultivating unity among siblings. Listeners, if you haven't heard that episode, I recommend you go back and listen to it. It was a great discussion, and I'm confident, Ginger, that our listeners with more than one child have been anxiously awaiting today's topic of teaching siblings to resolve conflict biblically. But before we get to that topic, I would love to tell a short 20-minute personal story. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Let's get right to it. Well, actually, Katie, I do have something to say before we dive in. I just want to thank my adult kids who have given me permission to share about their struggles growing up because without my kids, I'd have no material. <laughs> Unless, of course, I wanted to share about my own struggles with the same issues. But, you know, why would I do that when I have permission to, to share that? Theirs? Exactly. That's right. I've got their permission. But then again, I don't know, Katie, maybe we could have our kids come on and on an episode and share about some of our shortcomings. That's terrifying. Well, you know, <laughs> yes, we taught is. our kids to be kind, but they also, they have a tendency to be brutally honest. I've had my six-year-old say to me, mom, I don't want to sound disrespectful, but you're doing exactly what you told us not to do. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> and, you know, I think to myself a couple of things, but one, for a child who can't spot his shoes laying in the middle of the kitchen floor, he sure can <laughs> spot parental inconsistency <laughs> from a mile away. It's amazing. Yep, it is. <laughs> I think they're all pretty skilled in that department. Absolutely. Seriously, though, my daughter Alex and I were recently talking about uh, just some of the things that she wants to do differently when she's a mom. And I actually really respected her insights 
and her reasoning. So, Katie, I actually thought about having Alex come on our podcast and letting her explain specifically what those things are and why she wants to take a different approach than I did, because I found that uh, there was just a lot of maturity and wisdom in her reasoning. As a matter of fact, had I been able to have that conversation with Alex before she was born, I would have actually agreed 100% and done some things differently myself. Oh, well, hindsight and all that. (laughs) Yes. But I do respect that you want to have those kinds of discussions with your kids because that is not an easy thing to have them point out our own mistakes or shortcomings as parents. Yeah, well, I will admit um, I would be a little nervous about that episode, (laughs) but I do think it would be helpful for our listeners to hear what Alex has to say. So uh, since we've now determined that we'll have one of my adult kids come on and share about some of the parenting mistakes I made, I'm not going to feel so bad about making this whole episode about them and their struggles. (laughs) Yeah, she's fair game at this point now. (laughs) That's right. No, really, again, I'm really thankful for both of my kids um, for just graciously being willing to let me share so much about their growing up years so that other families can be encouraged. So thank you, Wesley and Alex, for granting that permission. Okay, so Ginger, before you throw your kids under the bus, I (laughs) did want to read one of the questions that came in from one of our listeners because I think her question ties right in with today's episode. So Kelly in Nebraska writes this. Hi, Ginger. I have enjoyed listening to your podcast and have gotten great insight and wisdom as you've shared biblical wisdom. I have three boys, six, five, and two, and soon we will be adding a new baby girl into the mix in about four (laughs) months when I'm due. Congratulations about that. Wow. My question surrounds the constant quarreling between my boys. I am homeschooling, and so we are together all of the time. But from early morning to late evening, I feel like someone is either picking on the other person, someone is screaming or whining, or they are fighting over some toy, or someone is being left out. It feels constant and hard to just enjoy this age and stage when I feel like all I do all day is address the constant fighting. Any encouragement and tips would be greatly appreciated. Thanks. And, you know, that's just one of many questions we received along these same lines. So, Kelly, you've mentioned several issues here. Just to recap, you've mentioned your kids' struggles with constant quarreling, picking on one another, screaming, whining, fighting over toys, and siblings feeling left out. We've actually already thoroughly covered kids whining and fighting over toys. Uh, So for those issues, I encourage you to go back and listen to episode six on When Kids Won't Share. That episode will help you know how to deal with kids who are fighting over toys. And then go back and listen to episode 11 on When Kids Whine for a biblical and practical way you can deal with that. But Ginger, I'd love to hear what you have to say on how to address kids who are constantly quarreling, screaming, and picking on each other. Because we actually haven't covered those issues on the podcast yet. And not to be discouraging here... I don't think those issues are limited to the younger kids. Uh, I won't give specific examples because my kids haven't given me permission to do that yet. <laughs> but it's not just the littles who have this problem. Yeah. I think we, we do across the board. Yeah, and I can definitely speak to those issues because those are some of the issues that went on when my kids uh, were little for quite some time before I figured out how to teach them to resolve conflict biblically and on their own. And let me just tell you about um, how my kids struggled with these issues, because Kelly, my guess is that you, as well as many of our listeners, will be able to relate in one way or another. So when Wesley and Alex were young, Wesley went through this phase where he was constantly and intentionally aggravating his younger sister, Alex. And his favorite thing to do is what he affectionately referred to as the lion game. So the lion game involved Wesley getting down on all fours like a lion, 
snarling and growling and drooling as he would charge after her through the house. Now, I don't know why she wouldn't like that, but she didn't. <laughs> Who wouldn't? I know. He would also come up with other games, and I'm putting games in quotes, that were very irritating at her expense. And I got so tired of repeating the same instructions all day long. This is pretty much what our house sounded like. Wesley, stop. Yes, ma'am. But I was just playing with her. Ten minutes later, Wesley, quit. Yes, ma'am, but I'm just playing with her. (laughs) Ten minutes later, Wesley, Alex doesn't like that. Yes, ma'am, but mom, I'm just playing with her. So basically, he would stop what I told him to stop, but he would just move on to something equally as irritating. And so it was this never-ending cycle all day, every day. The problem was that I was not looking at it as a hard issue. And he wasn't looking at it as a hard issue. And the reason why the problem continued all day long, but just manifested itself in different forms, is because that outward behavior was the only thing being addressed. See, I saw the common denominator of each behavior, but he lacked the skill to evaluate what was in his heart. Therefore, he really wasn't able to discern the wrong in what he was doing. I had failed to reach his heart. I had failed to probe his heart. I had failed to draw out the sin that was causing him to constantly aggravate his sister. And I'll just go ahead and tell you guys, I became very frustrated with telling him over and over the answer, which was to stop aggravating her. But that was the whole problem. I just kept giving him the answer without teaching him why that was the answer. If he understood his own heart and his own wrong motive, he would be able to govern his own behavior rather than me always having to tell him to stop. So after this had gone on for way longer than it should have, I finally smartened up and I realized that I was going to have to work backwards from the behavior to his heart. And here's how I did that. Each time that he began to aggravate her, I would start with just a very, very simple line of questioning. Uh, But before I walk you through how I handled this with Wes and how he responded, I just want to remind our listeners that obviously my kids were taught to say ma'am and sir, which I am fully aware is a cultural thing here in the South. It is absolutely not a biblical mandate that your kids say ma'am and sir. Our kids have to say Madam and Mr. President. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Our say sir and ma'am too. We're almost as Southern as you, Ginger. Almost. Almost. Not not quite. Not quite. quite. (laughs) Okay, so Ginger, Wesley is constantly aggravating Alex by chasing her through the house like a lion, which isn't funny, but it is. Uh, And she's not happy about it. So what sort of questions did you ask him to help get to the heart of what was really going on? I said, Wesley, honey, judging from your laughter... You seem to be having a great time growling and chasing your sister through the house. Are you having as much fun as you look like you're having? He shrugged his shoulders and said, yes, ma'am. Then I asked, is Alex having as much fun as you are? And then that made him think for a minute. And then he said, well, um, no, ma'am. And then I said, tell me, Wes, what is Alex doing? And he said, well... She's screaming and crying. So I asked, honey, are you delighting in Alex's suffering? Because love does not delight in someone else's suffering. 
Ginger, I'm sure at this point, Wesley said, yes, mom, because of my sinful, selfish nature, I have been delighting in Alex's suffering. (laughs) But now that I've received your brilliant spiritual guidance, I see the error of my ways. I need to repent and sin no more. Isn't that what all kids say in that situation? (laughs) Yeah, that would have been really nice. But unfortunately, that is not the response I got. But I will say he would stop aggravating her for, you know, at least 10 minutes or so. But honestly, he typically wouldn't answer that last question at all. But that was okay. I knew he was pondering that question in his heart. And that was my goal, to teach him to evaluate his own heart. And heart probing questions, that's just a great way to get them to do that. And I don't remember if it took two weeks or two months of going through the same sort of heart probing questions, because it's been many years ago. But I do remember when I finally experienced that amazing, fantastic, victorious parental moment. (laughs) I remember that part like it was yesterday. Wesley was aggravating her with the lion game, of course, and I was just about to intervene for the umpteenth time with questions the same way that I always did when all of a sudden he stopped in his tracks and you could just see it in his face. It was just like this light bulb finally went off, like his brain had Mm. finally connected with his heart. And he looked at his sister And in all sincerity, he said, Alex, will you forgive me for making you cry? It was it was so sweet. It was so precious. But now I'm not about to tell you that it never happened again because it did. (laughs) But there was a tremendous improvement. And when it did happen every single time, I would just walk him back through those same sort of questions and guide him in thinking through his own motives and his own actions. And after doing that over and over, it became more and more often that as soon as he would begin to aggravate her and she became unhappy, he would apologize and stop that behavior on his own. And it's because he was able to draw from the understanding that he had gained by evaluating his own heart. So once I had reached his heart, my next goal was to show both of them how the conflict could have been handled biblically and without tattletaling. Because you see, Wesley was my aggravator and Alex was my tattletale. God was so (laughs) gracious to bless me with one of each. (laughs) It's called balance, Ginger. (laughs) Yes, thank you for the balance, Lord. Yes. Since aggravating and picking on and tattling were such huge struggles with my kids, I wanted to teach them how to work through these issues biblically and on their own. And I accomplished this goal through the use of role-playing. Now, I know you guys have heard me talk about this before. Role-playing is a great way to teach children how to resolve any kind of conflict because role Role-playing is an extremely effective tool for training them how to put what they're learning into practice. When they put that knowledge gained into practice, it actually becomes part of their lives. That training is going to stick better when they're learning how to use it in a hands-on situation. Role-playing, and I'm talking about role-playing in the context of the moment, like the scenario that I just gave you, that is the key to teaching children how to resolve conflict biblically, any kind of conflict. When we walk them through how to do it in the midst of the conflict, um, that's going to help them learn how to handle it on their own. I don't know if you and your family have jumped on the monthly membership bandwagon, but my family really has. There are several that we get super excited about, but one of my kids' absolute favorites is called Dwell. Dwell is a monthly membership of scripture designs to help you and your family memorize one Bible verse every month. So we have what's called the Family and Friends Membership, and it includes a four by five and a half print of the scripture verse, two key cards with the verse, and this is my favorite part, nine temporary tattoos. 
The designs are just beautiful, and I think this is a perfect Christmas or a birthday gift that doesn't include just more plastic stuff laying around the house. Actually, I have a funny story about my dwell tattoo. I was having dinner with my parents one night, and I had one on my wrist because we were learning John 8:36. Well, my dad saw it and asked if I had a new tattoo on my arm, and I was like, yeah, Dad, I've had this for almost 10 years. <laughs> and he said, well, I never noticed that before. <laughs> And then I had to confess that I lied to my dad about a fake scripture tattoo. So, you know, don't be like me. To learn more about this wonderful way to help you and your family hide God's Word in your heart, go to dwelldifferently.com and use the code GINGER10 to get 10% off your order. Again, that's dwelldifferently.com and use the code GINGER10. As a mom, I can't imagine going back to the good old days where parents just sent their teenagers off in a car without a way to call if they you know, get into a fender bender with their insurance agent's daughter. That's a true story, I did that. And as my kids mature, I like the idea of them being able to reach me if something happens. Uh, But I don't like the idea of giving my kids access to the entire World Wide Web of wackadoos. This is why I'm ecstatic to introduce you to our sponsor, Gab Wireless. They are the first smartwatch and smartphone provider to actually do something smart when it comes to our kids. Gab watches and phones look and feel like all the smart devices on the market, but the great thing is that they don't cost more than a mortgage payment, and they're super safe for kids. There's no internet, no apps, no games, no social media, and no contract. Instead, the Gab watches and phones have just the functionality that is safe for kids and nothing more. Gab watches and phones are just $100 and start at $10 per month for service, but for our podcast listeners, Gab has offered $30 off the price of their watches and phones. Just use the code GINGER at checkout to get your Gab watch or Gab phone for just $70. Go to Gab, that's G-A-B-B wireless.com and use the code GINGER at checkout. Again, that's Gab, G-A-B-B wireless.com and use the code GINGER at checkout. Okay, so Ginger, can you walk us through exactly what this looked like in the scenario you just gave? Because I know our listeners would appreciate the practicality of that. Sure. All right, so although Alex started out as the victim with a lion game, she was sinful in how she responded. So both kids are at fault here. All right, so let's go back to the scene. Alex is being chased down the hall by the ferocious lion, and she is screaming and crying as she leads the lion right to Mama's feet. And she screams at the top of her lungs, Wesley's being mean to me. Now, that was a very mild impression. It was actually blood curdling most of the time. (laughs) So with Alex coming to me and screaming that, she has become what the Bible calls a tailbearer, or as we say today, a tattletale. And it seems that she would very much like to see her brother in serious trouble. And I know we did a whole episode on taming the tattletale not too long ago, but when there's sibling conflict, tattling usually isn't far behind. Those things usually go hand in hand. Once again, I always like to start out with questions. And this time I used uh, the questions to probe Alex's heart, who was the tattletale in this conflict. I said, Alex, honey, Have you asked your brother in private to stop chasing you? Did you try to work this out with him before you brought it to me? And she said, no, ma'am. And then I asked, Alex, would you rejoice in seeing your brother get in trouble? Now, she looked as if she were considering that question and leaning toward the yes end of it. And so I reminded her about Proverbs 17, 5, which says, he who is glad at calamity will not go unpunished. 
Calamity is a pretty big word for a little girl. It is. That's <laughs> right. So, you know, when, when in cases like that, we want to phrase it in ways that they can understand. So I phrased mm-hmm. it in a way that she could understand because she was really young. I said, sweetheart, if you are delighting and getting your brother in trouble, then you will get in trouble. Mm. And this is where the role-playing part uh, comes into play for teaching them to resolve conflict biblically. Rather than just telling both of them what they should have done and then just leaving it at that, I took it a step further, and I had both of them put that verbal training into practice. And let me just explain to you guys how simple this really is. I had both of them go back to the scene of the crime where the lion first began the attack, (laughs) and I put the words in Alex's mouth. It's totally okay to do that. They're little. They don't know how to communicate the right way. They don't know how to communicate with self-control. So you can model that for them and actually give them the words to say and even model the tone and how to say it. Mm-hmm. I said, Alex, tell Wesley, please stop chasing me and growling at me. And she said, please stop chasing me and growling at me. And then I said, Wesley, tell your sister, okay. And he said, okay. That's it, y'all. It is that simple. But by having them go back and do it the right way, I'm training them in what's right rather than just rebuking them for what's wrong. I'm giving them a means of escape. I'm teaching them to put off corrupt and deceitful desires and to put on the righteousness and holiness of God. But Ginger, what if Alex had tried to work it out with Wesley with the lying game? What if she had said all the right things with all the right motives to encourage him to stop and he still wouldn't listen. What does she do at that point? Because I know that's something we actually didn't cover in our episode on Taming the Tattletale. God actually gives us instructions for that too in Matthew 18, verses 15 through 17. Verse 15 says, if your brother sins against you, go and show him his fault just between the two of you. So that's where we get that tattling is wrong. The verse, of course, goes on to say, if they listen to you, you've won your brother. But your question, Katie, is what if they don't listen? Well, the next verse explains that if they refuse to listen, then it's appropriate to take it to someone else and hope that they will listen to them. So if the child has tried to work it out, preferably in a loving and gentle and self-controlled way, and the sibling won't listen, refuses to listen, then it's actually biblical to bring mom or dad into the picture, which is going to give us the opportunity to walk them through how to resolve conflict biblically. Ginger, I love how you offer suggested heart probing questions and Bible verses for what to put off and what to put on for a slew of behaviors in your wise words for mom's chart. And for our listeners who don't already have Ginger's chart, she has a section on conflict resolution. So no matter what the conflict is, the wise words for mom's chart offers heart probing questions for both the offender and the offended, as well as specific Bible verses to help your children learn to resolve conflict biblically. That's right. So all the questions and verses that we've discussed in this episode are right at your fingertips in that Wise Words for Moms chart. Having that information so easily accessible helps us to parent more effectively instead of just saying things like, go to your rooms until you can stop aggravating one another, or no TV tonight until you can stop arguing and fighting, or I'm putting this toy away until you guys can learn to share. (laughs) When we just handle their conflicts with consequences and leave it at that, We're not training and instructing them in how to resolve that conflict biblically. In uh, 1 Corinthians 13, 5, it says that when we're tempted, God always provides us with a means of escape. He always gives us a way out. So rather than just rebuking our kids and administering consequences, we want to take time to train them in what's right so that we are giving them that means of escape and that way out. Okay, before we close, Ginger... 
I have another question for you about kids who are a bit older. So let's say, just as an example, I pulled out of thin air and not at all for my personal life. <laughs> let's say that a sibling is constantly aggravating another sibling. And the instigator of the aggravation is a professing Christian who does, in fact, show genuine fruit of salvation. And when presented with heart-probing questions, this child is seemingly remorseful and acknowledges the sinfulness of this behavior. However, the frequency of the aggravation doesn't seem to change <laughs> much at all. So how would you address that? I, I know we had a listener submit a great question that we addressed in the episode entitled, When Parent parenting methods aren't working. So listeners, if you haven't heard that one, it's episode 42. So I, I guess my question is along these lines. How do you continue to reach the heart of that child who is seemingly responsive to heart probing questions, but who fails to stop the behavior on their own? Well, like I said, even with Wesley and Alex, I don't remember how many times, Katie, I had to walk them through how to resolve conflict biblically. And even, you know, when they were older, I continued to have to walk mm -hmm. them through that. But I, I do remember that it wasn't an overnight change once I started that training. Our kids are like us. We all have a bent toward certain sins. There are certain sins that I struggle with that no matter how hard I try, they still tend to rear their ugly heads. I'll be convicted by the Holy Spirit. I'll be fully remorseful and repentant, but then I wind up struggling with the same sin again. And I think mm -hmm. we can all relate, uh, us and our kids who truly know the Lord, with the words of Paul in Romans 7.15. He said, I do not understand what I do. For what I want to do, I do not do. But what I hate, I do. Paul is basically saying he hates the sin with which he struggles, but yet he still struggles with it. So Katie, I would encourage you to do three things. Give the same grace that you've been given. That's what we all have to do as parents. Be willing to patiently work with that child over and over because that's exactly what God does with us. And pray that God would use you pointing that child to his or her need for Jesus' help with his struggle to bring about change. Because there's actually nothing you can do to bring about change in that child's heart. Only God can do that part. As parents, all that we can do is all that we can do. But I know from personal experience that we can get tired of doing what we do, especially when it seems like that what we're doing isn't working, which is why I think now is the perfect time for me once again to quote my favorite verse for parenting, Galatians 6, 9, which says, let us not become weary in doing good for at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. So what do we do with a child who continues to struggle with the same issues we do exactly as our Heavenly Father does with us. We do not give up. We continue to do good for as long as it takes. So this parenting thing is like a long-haul project. This is not an overnight deal. I know. Wouldn't it be great if I just had one <laughs> quick answer that just fixed everything? Wouldn't that be great? Man, Ginger. <laughs> no, honestly, that is that is incredibly encouraging. And that's exactly, I know that. I know all of that. Um, but we just, just need to hear it. it. We just need we to do. hear it. I, I needed we to do. hear it. We all need to hear it over and over because we get so worn out with dealing with these same issues over mm -hmm. and over. But yes, it is a process. And that is our responsibility is to take all of those opportunities to point them to their need for Jesus. I love that. Now is the part of our show where we give a quick tip for parents. This is one of my favorite parts of the show because it reminds us that parenting isn't meant to be done alone. If the coronavirus Katie, has taught us Katie, anything. If you say coronavirus <laughs> one more time, you're fired. I can't handle okay, it anymore. Well, all right. Well, technically, Ginger. Ginger. <laughs> you couldn't fire me without going through the board. And uh, with my husband being head of the board, I don't know how that would go. Uh, 
but I'll change it for you. Okay, since your name is on the title of the show and everything, uh, today's quick tip is courtesy of Laura in Northern Ireland. Oh, I love Northern Ireland. Mm. I slept in a hostel there once. Mm, in a was- hostel? I don't recommend Katie it. Katie is crazy germophobic as you are. You slept in a hostel. <laughs> Who are I you? Barely, I barely made it out alive. I'm sure. I'm just being... I actually need to go back and find a picture. I have a picture of me covered head to toe in all the clothes I took with me to Northern Ireland. <laughs> because I didn't have the sleep sacks back then. I, exactly. Exactly. It's a funny picture. Anyway, <laughs> here's what Laura says. There is always a struggle to reheat leftover meats like sliced beef or chicken from a roast dinner and not have them dry out and become tough. She's so right about that. Mm -hmm. So after dinner, pour the cooled gravy into a Ziploc bag, throw the sliced meat into the gravy and pop it into your freezer to freeze. When you want to eat, put the frozen gravy and meat block into a saucepan and allow it to simmer away until defrosted and heated through or defrost beforehand if you're organized. The meat will be moist, tender and really tasty. Mm. You can pick out the meat and serve it on plate and pop the gravy into a gravy boat if you use one. Uh, it's a super easy weeknight dinner. Just peel some more vegetables and potatoes and you have the meat and gravy ready to go. Mm. This is maybe super popular in America already, but might be useful for all of your Thanksgiving leftovers. P.S. Love the show. Thank you so much for the biblical encouragement. Y'all, if you have never been to the UK, you must know that the Brits and the Irish can cook a roast dinner like no one else. Mm. Oh, roasted parsnips. My mouth is watering. Um, So thank you, Laura, for that awesome tip on reheating leftovers. I love that. Me too. If you have a quick tip for our show, we'd love to hear from you. It can be any random tip about cooking, housekeeping, something you do with your kids, ideas for fun date nights with your spouse, anything at all. We'd love to share your ideas on the podcast. Just go to gingerhubbard.com slash quick tips to submit those. Well, Ginger, it's time to wrap up this episode on teaching siblings to resolve conflict biblically. I know I've been greatly encouraged, and we both, Ginger and I both, pray that you, our listeners, have as well. So, Ginger, can you please leave us with a final word of encouragement? Sure. When our kids are in the midst of any kind of conflict, whether it's aggravating one another, fighting, arguing, not sharing, tattling, whatever the conflict is, let's be careful to not just rebuke them and administer consequences because that's just going to exasperate them. Instead, let's adhere to the command of Ephesians 6, 4 and take those moments as wonderful opportunities to bring our children up in the training and instruction of the Lord. Thank you so much, Ginger, and thank you listeners for joining us. If you enjoyed our show and want to hear more, please subscribe to our podcast wherever you're listening. And while you're there, would you please leave us a rating or a review? This is a huge help to get the word out about our podcast so that other parents can be encouraged to reach the hearts of their children. Do you have a parenting question? We would love for you to submit it at gingerhubbard.com slash askginger, and we'll do our best to answer it in a future episode. And while you're on the website, you can find our show notes, which will include links to anything we mentioned in today's episode. While you're on gingerhubbard.com, you can find Ginger's wonderful resources that will help you get to the heart of outward behavior and address it from a biblical perspective. Today, we're offering her parenting book, I Can't Believe You Just Said That, Biblical Wisdom for Taming Your Child's Tongue, at a 10% discount when you use the code parenting at gingerhubbard.com. Ginger also offers a free discussion guide for this book on her website, which is great for book clubs and small group studies. If you'd like daily encouragement and parenting advice from Ginger, be sure to follow her on Instagram at ginger.hubbard. Ginger and I would love to leave a women... Leave. <laughs> we'd, like to lo- we'd love to leave your turn. <laughs> Let me try that again. 
Ginger and I would love to lead a women's event at your church. We offer a one or two day conference as well as a full weekend retreat. If your church might be interested in hosting our women's conference or bringing Ginger in for a parenting conference, please fill out the contact form at gingerhubbard.com and we'll get back to you with more information. Thank you so much for joining us today. We look forward to being with you again next week. Until then, may God bless you as you seek to reach the hearts of your children for the glory of God.